What's up, everybody? Before we dive into today's episode, I have a quick thing I want to share with you. I think I mentioned it later in this episode, but I have started working with the Keto Road True Nutrition Coaching as a one-on-one holistic ketogenic nutrition coach. I can work with you to help put together your macros, how you should be eating, work with you on mindset, action planning. The program includes coaching calls, daily check-ins, and exclusive access. So if this is something you're interested in, go check it out at theketoroad.com. And now, on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, and I'm glad to have you here with us as we dive into the journey of yet another dude. With me today, I have my friend Lafayette Brito, or as I know him, Lafa. Lafa, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. And you? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. It's it's going to be a humid one here today, so I, I'm hoping I, I don't melt melt away while we're talking, but oh, you know, otherwise it should be good. Tell me about it. I decided to actually come outside, so I'm sitting outside right now by my pool area, and I can already feel it. Like I figured it was going to be a little bit cooler to get this done, mm. but I can already feel the, that, that Florida humidity. Oh, I'm sure you. I'm sure you get it a lot worse than we're going to get it up here. Even so, <laughs> we will. We will do our best to both stay alive as we get through this, man. So For let's sure. let's let, let's not you know waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum, man. So I've been I've been the big guy my whole life. Um, you know, ever since ever since I was a child. Like if you see my my baby pictures, you can see the rolls. You know, like I was a Pampers diaper commercial. Um, but you know, growing up, I, I played sports, I, I played basketball, I played soccer through, you know, middle school. So I was somewhat in, in, in shape, quote unquote. Um, but I was always like the bigger guy on the team. So I've never been small. Um, ever since I was a kid, you know, I've always been kind of picked on about my man boobs and all that stuff. Um, eventually, you know, in high school, uh, that's when I got, you know, more serious. I, I started playing competition basketball. And even then, like, I was, I was still the bigger guy on the team. So I would always get put as a center because it would be hard for people to kind of knock me down. Um, I, I could shoot the ball, but, you know, I was always stuck in that center, center position just because of my size. Um, after high school, and, and during, towards, like, my end of high school, my first job, so I worked for one of the, the sports stores. I worked for Champ Sports. So we were always up on our feet, like ever since, uh, you know, after getting out of school, uh, we would go into work and I'd always be up on my feet, going up and down ladders, picking up shoes, you know, doing the balancing acts on the ladders to, to pick up shoes. So I was always, you know, in a pretty okay shape, um, but I was always, once again, the bigger guy. Um, after high school is when kind of things kind of derailed and I jumped into a corporate position. So I started working sales, you know, in a call center. And at that point, you're working pretty much the entire day and you're sitting down. Not only that, I was never one to, to meal prep or to make my food or to prep my food. So every time it would be lunchtime, I would either hit the cafeteria and grab some casitos. Uh, or I would go to any one of like the pizza shops that were by it. Like there was a pizza place, there was a Jamaican restaurant. Um, so I would always grab something on the go. Wendy's, Hardee's, uh, whatever was around really. Um, so my weight kind of started piling up and eventually got to a point where, you know, it was kind of hard for me to like start fitting in, in cubicle desks and, um, and chairs, but then I was still, I was still manageable. Um, I think I finished high school just to kind of bring it back a little bit. I think I finished high school at about 200 and maybe 60 pounds, 270 pounds, uh, right about there. If not maybe a little bit more. Um, so after that, my weight started piling up. So I went to, you're jumping into my twenties. That, that was like my, my party, my party mode, my party days. And, you know, I started working for a different company. I worked for Sprint at this time. And I used to go out five, six days a week, like drink heavily. Like, um, so with that came eating like garbage. Um, I would go out, you know, Drink, 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 and after a night of drinking, we would go hit up this Colombian burger spot um, here, and I would down, you know, two burgers easy, like two burgers, some potatoes, and and this is at like three o'clock in the morning, um, before going to bed. So then the weight, you know, slowly started like really, really piling up at that point. Um, then I got into a relationship, and that kind of leveled up a little, um, but. 
throughout that relationship, I was around, you know, 290-ish. Uh, I creeped up all the way up to like 320-ish, like towards the end of, of that relationship. Um, and, it, you know, it, it was hard because, you know, my weight kind of not, not hindered me. I've always done stuff. I've always been one to like not, not limit myself. Um, but like, for instance, we were going to cruise and for me to, to shower, it would be a mission, right? Because my size at that point was already, you know, big. Um, I've also been one of the guys that I've, I've tried and every different method of losing weight that I could, except the right one, um, throughout my entire life. Um, you know, I've tried, you know, the, the programs like Herbalife, Advocare, uh, body by Vi, like all those, all those pyramid craps that, you know, that's out there. Um, I've tried, uh, sometimes I would lose 20, 25 pounds. Then I would hit, you know, that, that dead zone. And instead of pushing through it, I would just give up and, and kind of backtrack. Um, so after I left, uh, sprint, you know, I kind of, I kind of jumped into the gym a little bit. Um, at that point I got up to, I got down to, I had, Hold on. So I had gotten up to like about 360-ish. Then I dropped back down to 340-ish. And that was probably about 2011, uh, 2010, 2011 range. But then I, I would gain all the weight right back. So then, you know, it would be that yo-yo from 360 to 400. Um, and then if throughout the last, you know, 10 years or so, it, it's been that, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down having a hard time finding clothes and, you know, spending a lot more money for clothes because you can only buy it at certain places. Um, not being able to do certain things, like I love roller coasters and I haven't been able to, you know, to, to ride one for, for a while. Um, I love sports cars. I wasn't able to fit into a lot of them. Um, like sometimes I will go and photograph, you know, cars because that's, that's what I've been doing. Uh, photography, I, sometimes I would have to go and photograph like a, a Lamborghini and I would have to have the person from the dealership actually move the car because I couldn't fit into it. Um, so, you know, things just started kind of piling up, piling up, piling up. I looked out that, you know, health-wise, um, I was okay. Um, I'm sure that there was probably an underlying condition somewhere down the line. Um, I hadn't been to the doctor in about, you know, 10 years at that point um, till, till recently. Just because last time I went to the doctor, the doctor was like, listen, you got, you got to do something. Or else, you know, you're not going to be around for a long time. Um, I don't remember what, like, numbers were and, and what my, my blood work was at that point. But I remember him telling me that. And, you know, I, I never went back. I was just like, eh. You know, like, if something happened. I was to a point where it was like, if something happens, it happens. You know, I'll hit up the, the emergency room and then we'll figure out from there. Um, but then, you know, it brings me to now. Uh, back in 2017, I had a couple weddings to attend. I already had tried losing a little bit of weight. Um, then my mom had to get her thyroid removed because she had a thyroid cancer. And when she went in for surgery, I kind of used that as an excuse to stop. Instead of keep pushing and keep going, um, I stopped and I gained, you know, the weight back. Um, and that started just, you know, piling up again, piling up again. Um, eventually the weddings came around and for me to find a tux for the first wedding was a mission. Um, I had, you know, dress clothes. I had, you know, some nice dress clothes at home. Uh, but I didn't realize that the wedding was actually, you know, a, a tux event. It was like a, a full, full out, like formal event. So to find one last minute was a mission. Um, even then, I had to go with with a size that, you know, they had to loosen it up a little bit with a stretch in order for me to be able to fit into it. Turn around to the second wedding was one of my best friend's weddings. It was actually the first girl I've ever met, you know, when I moved to the States from Brazil. And so I wanted to look good. I wanted to look nice and we had to wear a suit. To find a suit for that one was another mission. So I ended up going to DXL. And I remember at the time, I ended up getting the last suit they had at that size. Um, the suit jacket was a 50, was a 62R jacket. And then my pant size was a 56 stretch. Um, and that was the biggest size they had before they had to custom order something. So I went and picked up that suit. You know, I, I thought I looked, you know, okay in it. You know, it was a blue suit. I, I like the color. But in reality, I really didn't feel good in it, right? Um, I, I saw the picture and I'm like, damn, like I look like a big old blueberry. And, you know, from that point, I, I, after that, I actually had a kid approach me and was like, why is your belly so big? And that kind of that hit me. That kind of took me back just because, 
you know, I like kids and I definitely do want to have kids, you know, someday. And so I figured at that time it was like, either I do this now or I might not live to see, you know, 40. Like if I keep going on this route. Um, so when I started, I started at about 436 pounds. I'm sure I, I'm, I'm sure the scale probably tipped at some point, like 450 ish. Um, but like when I, when I started, like when I first, you know, looked at the scale it was 436. And then from that point on, that's when, you know, it, it kind of got started. I was like, no, I can't do this. Like I need to, I need to do something about it. Sure. So that's when I'm into the journey. Yeah. And let's, let, let's, let's go back into it. Cause I, I think your story is reflective of, of what a lot of guys go through. Like, you know, in terms of those ups and downs and, and kind of just seeing the up just always continue to go up. Like, do you, have you thought about like, what do you think, you know, was kind of the driving force behind, you know, your weight gain? Was it more just not knowing what to eat? Was it access to junk food? Was it, you know, an issue you had in terms of your relationship with food? Like, what do you think was, was behind it, you know, during, during all of that time? I think, I think it was really just me being reckless. Um, and not really paying attention to what I was eating. Like, I, I, you know, after I started my journey, I kind of went back and kind of journaled like what I would consume on a daily basis. And, you know, there would be days that I would probably hit seven, 8,000 calories, like nothing. You know, like I, you know, work in photography, I would, you know, go, go to Publix or go to the, to the supermarket, you know, and buy a box of Oreos and put a box of Oreos sitting next to my computer as I was editing pictures and go through the entire box in a day, like in a couple of hours, um, paired up with like some soda. So, you know, I used to drink a lot, a lot of soda and I used to eat a lot of junk, um, like those burgers that I mentioned. I mean, it, it, it was like burgers, uh, potatoes, it was cheese and bacon, like everything in one. So you would, I would assume like if I had to, you know, guess, like guesstimate how many calories were in each one, I'd probably say about 15 to 1600 calories. Um, I would have two of those and then I would have a side of fries with like ketchup and mayo and then, you know, a soda on top of that. So like one meal, I was probably topping, you know, 4,000 calories, like three, 4,000 calories sometimes. Um, I, I won't say that I've, I've always had, you know, an issue like binge eating, like, uh, or, or anything like that. It was more of just, just having something to chew on, I guess you can, you can say. Um, so I would always have to be munching on something. And that something was not always, you know, the healthiest. Right. And I, I think that is because, you know, some people have very dramatic relationships with food. And then for some people, like it, it speaks to kind of the food culture, you know, of our of our world. Like the that access is there. You know, you don't have to work to find that food. It tastes better. It's made to taste better. So, you know, why not? And especially... I think, you know, there, there's an effect when you grow up bigger, it's almost like it preps you to be even bigger when you're an adult, like you get used to, you get used to that mentality. And it's like, not like you welcome it per se, but it's not as, as out of turn for someone who say was, you know, 160 pound when they graduated high school, you know, in 10 years, 10 years later, they're 500 pounds because of something that happened. Like, it's it's a gradual progression that that can come along, you know, in, in a lot of ways for people. Like, what do you think, knowing that you tried a lot of different things to lose weight, you know, in your past, what do you think were the missing pieces back then? Like, what do you what do you think, you know, was it always there wasn't like you talked about, you know, the situation that your mom went through being something that caused you to to say, you know, I can give up. Like, was it just always that propensity to find a reason to give up, or was it, you know? not being able to live with the restriction like what what do you think drove that part of it like that roller coaster for you and, and i know exactly what that was so for me is I, I would have a mentality of always going ham so i was always i would always go hard in the beginning um so for the first like one two months i would go very very hard i would drop like 20 25 pounds then i would kind of relax a little bit but because i was going so hard on it i lacked consistency um, and you know, I wanted things to, to be done overnight. So I wanted to quote unquote, be like that overnight success, you know, like, Hey, you know, I dropped 50 pounds in a month type of deal. Um, so when I wouldn't see that type of change, I would always find an excuse to kind of pull back from it. 
And I would always try to find something to blame on it besides myself. Um, and that kind of hindered me from, from making that, you know, that extra progress and just keep pushing. You know, I, I was always like, oh, my God, you know, what if I have this? What if I have, you know, what if I have, you know, thyroid issues? Like, what, I have, what if I have this? And in reality, like, there wasn't any of that. Um, I'm sure, you know, my metabolism probably wasn't working at the best. Um, but it was just me, you know, eating like a maniac. Um, you know, we, we say now and now that I've learned calories in versus calories out for the most part. And I was really putting in the calories in and not putting enough calories out. So let's let, let's jump to, you know, you had that wedding season in 2017 and you and you had that moment with the kid that really sticks out to you, which I, I think, you know, most of us that have been that big can probably recount a story of a, of a kid <laughs> making a comment that they don't intend, you know, it yeah. to be, you know, horrible at all or anything. Like, I, I remember, you know, I was swimming in a lake once with my nephew, and he was probably in like the five year, five year old range or so. And he said, Uncle Mike, your head is shaped like a gumdrop. And I was just like, and for me, I just thought it was freaking hilarious at that point. Yeah. But, you know, it's, kids don't have that filter that adults do. You know, they don't really worry about what the consequences of what they say are. So it's, you know, can be some powerful moments for people. And you had kind of that perfect storm of the weddings and that, that moment and, you know, just kind of like the way life in general was going for you. So you decided it was time to, to, to make some change. Like, take us through what you decided to do and how you got started. Definitely. And, and I'll take it back even just a little bit further, too. Like, I've always, you know, been, been picked for being a bigger guy. But one thing that I learned even back in high school was if you make fun of yourself first, it's not as funny when somebody else does it. So I would always carry that and make it always make it a joke, always make it treating that, you know, as the as a fun thing versus like really letting it hit me. So I never really let like other people's comments, you know, uh, affect me that much. Like, yes, it would affect me. But, you know, and I would think about it. But at the same time, it was like, all right, cool. You're like, I know I'm big. Like, I look at myself in the mirror every day. Like, you don't have to tell me type of deal. Um, but, you know, bringing it back to like the, the, the wedding season and all that, it, it, I like dressing up. I like dressing nice. You know, I photographed uh, models. You know, I photographed stuff for, you know, for clothing brands, fashion brands and, and things of that nature. So I've always had a thing for like dressing nice. Problem was, is I could never fit into something that was really, you know, nice. Um, you know, I'm sure like you, you know, had the problem as well of shopping at like DXL and, you know, the qualities are very, very limited um, on what you can wear, what you can buy. So I've always kind of felt constrained. I never really like felt myself, um, you know, having to wear, having to wear that stuff. And got to the wedding and wedding number one. Finding that suit, man, I had to go with a basic suit, the only size they were able to fit me into. I had no way around it. And, you know, I just felt like, damn, like, what am I doing? Um, so after that first wedding, first, you know, the wedding was fun. You know, I've always been the one to, to dance and, and move around. I've never been one to kind of stay in one place. So if I have to do something, if I have to move, if I have to dance, like I've always been been up to it. Um, but in terms of like looks and how I felt, I just didn't feel good. Um, comes down to, you know, the second wedding, finding that, that, that suit, that was being that it was another mission, you know, just to find the biggest suit they had in the store at the time. And just to let that sit in. And it was like, damn, I just picked up the, the, the last size they had at the store at the big man store. Instead of just going off to some, you know, some other place and picking something off the rack. So not only did I spend, you know, three times more what I would have spent at a regular store, I went and got a, a suit that was okay. It was nice, but it was just like a regular boring suit. And that doesn't sit well with me. But, you know, what really kind of brought out was, you know, the, the, the kid. Uh, I love kids, right? I love kids. My, my best friend has three girls. You know, we love playing around and, and doing activities like jumping into the pool with them. So I've always loved kids and I want to have kids someday. So, you know, this kid kind of came around the corner at this place and all of a sudden like slammed into me because I was by the pillar. And then he looked up at me and he was like, you know, why is your belly so big? And, you know, really like once he said that, at, at first I kind of got taken back. And I was like, whoa, like, where the hell did that come from? 
And then I started laughing because there was nothing else that I could do at that point. Um, but then it, it really got me thinking. I was like, damn, like I'm 30. Uh, I was 30 at the time. I'm 32, about to turn, turn 33 next week uh, in a couple days. So I was 30 at the time. And I was like, damn, I'm 30. Like, if I don't do something now, like, I'm never going to see kids. I'm never, I might not even see like 35, 40, you know, um, because I was already at that point, I was already starting to feel kind of lazy. Like I wouldn't let you know, the, the laziness kind of get to me. Um, so it was from that point, I was like, you know what, like something's got to change. And if it doesn't change now, then, you know, I, I don't know if it, it ever will. Like I had in mind, I was, uh, my, my mentality at that point was I'm going to give it this one last push because I had considered doing, you know, weight loss surgery before. Um, but I never, I never kind of pushed through it because I was like, this is something that I can probably do myself, but I never did. So I told myself, I was like, listen, I'm going to give it this final push. Uh, I'm going to do it, you know, my way. Like, I'm not going to try to follow anybody's programs. I'm not going to follow anybody's, like, tight nutrition. I'm just going to do it my way. I'm just going to cut out all the junk that I know that I'm eating. Uh, I'm going to bring my calories down. And then I'm going to stick to to working out. And that's exactly what, what, what took me to, to kind of get started and kind of get pushing. It was just the thought of not being able to lift the C40. Which I think is, it makes a lot of sense. And, and, and I think we do hit those points like where priorities shift. And, and I think that's what's, a, you know, the, a big thing, you know, an overarching theme of your story is like, you know, you lived in your 20s, the life that most people live in their 20s, you know, going out, having fun with friends, you know, getting your job done and, you know, just living life the way you wanted to live life, like not really getting things in any order per se. And then you kind of hit that age where you start to realize, okay, you know, most other people are starting to do other things that I want to do. You know, I really want to do, but what's holding me back and what's keeping me from getting there? And, you know, and then, because I I think that's something that that weighs on the minds of, of a lot of guys that I talk to, especially when they're in that 400, 500 pound range and they either want kids or have kids. And they think about, you know, what kind of life are they giving their kids? you know, with a dad that doesn't want to get up out of his chair, you know, or can't get up, you know, I talked, I talked with a guy once who talked about watching his, his daughter run towards the road, you know, and not being able to get up out of his chair to stop it. Like, no, I mean, thank God nothing happened, but, you know, like having those moments and realizing that, you know, there's, there's more to life than just, existing is is i think a really important motivating piece for people and so you reached that point where you knew it was time to to start to to hammer down and start to make some change like what did you do like what how did you get started because i think that's something important for people you know to hear the different different ways that guys on these journeys like actually go from that place of i want to change to okay this is what i'm going to put into place right now yeah so for me to get started wasn't, you know, I already had a membership at LA Fitness. So my membership was on pause for like the longest. Like I, I paid for a membership and I used it for a few years. So they made quite a bit of money from me. So the, the, the thing was just activating. So I reactivated my membership and it was about not even, it was right about a month after, you know, that, that incident with the kid and, you know, like that last wedding and, and such, I was like, you know what, let me go into the gym. So I had already kind of a plan in place. Um, Nutrition-wise, I had kind of watched what I was doing. You know, I went and kind of meal prepped and, and things like that. Uh, so then I jumped into the gym and I was like, all right, cool. I know what I have to do. For me, the mentality was, and, and up to this day, like I love my cardio. So I, you know, it was like hammer out cardio. Like, uh, don't worry about lifting weights now. So I went into the gym and at first I tried doing the, the treadmill. And my, my ankles, my knees just couldn't handle the treadmill at that point. Um, I would try to do it and like four minutes in, like five minutes in, my feet would, would hurt. Um, then I switched and went to the elliptical. So I, I started the elliptical. I started doing, you know, five minutes, then I up to 10 minutes, then 15 minutes. Uh, then I would try to do like jump rope. Uh, I've always loved like jump roping. I've always loved, you know, punching the, the boxing bag. So I would do a little bit of each. Um, until it got to a point where I started increasing that time. So once I got it up to what I was doing, like 30 minutes, 45 minutes on the elliptical, uh, one big thing that, that happened was shoes wise, like shoes. I didn't have the mentality of, 
you know, maybe it's my shoes that are making my feet hurt, my ankles hurt, my knees hurt. Uh, but I switched shoes and picked up, you know, the, the ASICs. And we, we talked about this before, too. Like, I picked up a pair of ASICs, and that made a whole world of difference. Um, so I started pushing more and more. So on the elliptical, I would do 30, 45 minutes. So I was like, you know what? Let me jump into the treadmill. So I would jump in the treadmill and I would start doing, you know, again, like I would do the same thing that I did with the elliptical. I would start at 15 minutes, then increase it to 30 minutes, then increase it to 45, then increase it to 60. Um, just to, just to kind of get, you know, the, the cardio started. And when I got to, to a certain point on the treadmill that I was at 45, 60 minutes, I would start upping the incline a little bit at the same speed and I would try to gauge my workout based on the calorie that's on the machine. I was like, all right, cool. Let me see how long it takes for me to break a thousand calories on this machine because I would input my height and my, my age and my weight. Um, so I would go up until that point. Then once I started kind of getting more and more used to it, I started to kind of challenge myself because the only competition really that you have is with the person in the mirror. Like you don't have to compete with anybody else. Like life is, you know, is about you. Like you, you compete with yourself and the day prior. So what I would do is I would see how many calories I could burn within those 60 minutes. So then I would up the weight, up, up the speed a little bit and do like a fast walking until the point that I could start, you know, like trying to jog on the treadmill. Um, or I would up the, the incline on it to try to see how many calories I could burn, uh, how fast I could burn a thousand calories. Then at that point, I started challenging myself to see how many calories I can burn at 60 minutes. So then every day, like if you go back on my, on my, like my weight loss Instagram, which I started off after four months of my journey, after I started my journey, I would put the, the, the treadmill value, like I would take a picture of the treadmill every time that I would finish. And it will always try to be, try to have a higher value on calories if I did 60 minutes, or I would try to bring the, the, the amount of time down when I was doing a thousand, uh, a thousand calories, you know, per day. So that's how kind of, you know, I started playing with that. Then I started branching out and started doing more on the, the boxing bag. And I started doing more on the jump rope. Um, I didn't touch weights really like until I want to say about a year into my journey, like a year, a year and change into my journey. And the only time that I would change, I would touch the weights would be when like somebody would come into the gym that I would know. And they would ask me to be like, hey, do you want to get a lifting together? Uh, so then at that point, I would go in and I would, you know, I would lift with them. But I didn't touch the weights until yeah, I felt comfortable. Now I do weights all the time, too. But I still focus more. For me, like, I still focus more, like, on the cardio side. And I, uh, up to this day, like, I use the same mentality from when I began is I challenge myself daily. Like, on the treadmill, I try to see how fast I can jog, how fast I can sprint. Um, which, I, it, it, you know, not everybody should do this. You got to know your body. Um, but you know, I can sprint, I'm still 298 pounds. Like I, I sprint at like nine, 10 miles an hour sometimes, uh, if I really want to push, which is to me is mind boggling. Um, but you know, all the cardio that I did, all the cardio that, you know, I got conditioned into doing that got, brought me my health to, to where it's at, uh, which is in great shape right now. Uh, but that's how I kind of got started, you know, little by little, um, uh, I conditioned myself to know that the world wasn't built in one day. And that this journey was going to take time. So I needed to do little by little until I could get adjusted to what I was doing and then push that a little bit more. Then get adjusted to the next level and then push a little bit more. And always push more and more and more until you got to a point where you were like, okay, cool. Like, this is fine. Uh, and then once you get used to that point, which is going to take a little bit longer, then you go and you push even a little bit more. And that's when you start upping, you know, intensity. Um, and that's exactly what I've been doing to this day. <laughs> Which is a great perspective, I think, for people because there's a lot of folks out there, especially those who haven't been in the gym in a long time or who have never been in a gym, go in and they have that experience you had, you know, five minutes on the treadmill and the feet hurt and the ankles hurt and why am I even doing this? And it then gets so easy just to walk out and not come back. And I, I, think, I think your persistence is a great you know, lesson for people to show that not only can you then adapt because then you you were like, okay, the treadmill isn't going to work for me right now. Let me let me find something that will work. And you jumped onto the elliptical, you know, you found a different avenue. And continuing to push yourself, like you said, up the intensity 
is a way to keep that going. And I think it's okay because there, there's some people that immediately lifting weights is what they want to do. And then there's some people who never want to do that. You know, at the end of the day, the lesson is you got to find something. You got to find something that you can do consistently. And like you've been finding, you find the challenge in what you do. And you have to find that something that will continue to challenge you so it doesn't just become boring repetitiveness. For and sure. And I another think... challenge. Yeah, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say another challenge that, you know, that I found too was getting over like the only like mental issue that I had at the gym was getting people to like thinking that everybody was looking at me when I was working out, right? Being the big guy and, you know, you walk around the gym and people, you, your mind goes into places where it's like, you know, what the hell are they talking about? Like if somebody looks at you, looks at you you're like, oh, you know, what are they thinking? Um, it was just getting over the fact that, you know, nobody's really there to, sure, there's going to be people that are going to look and they might think of something. But 98% of the people that are in there, they really don't care. Like, they're happy that you're in there, you know, doing better for yourself. And the more they see you there, the more they're willing to help. To the point where, like, I'll go into the gym now, which is the same gym when I started. And I'll have people approach me. And it's like, dude, you have one hell of a transformation. Like, how long have you been at it? How much weight have you lost? Like, I, I've seen you from the beginning. And, and look at you now. And, and it's completely different. Just keep up with whatever you're doing. Uh, and then I have people that, you know, if I'm lifting weights or if I'm doing something wrong, they will come up and they'll be like, listen, you know, do it, try doing it this way. Like, don't do it that way. So that's something that mentally, like, everybody has to kind of get over as well. Like, they're not there, you know, staring at you down, uh, talking or, or thinking negative about you. They're just seeing that you're motivated enough to, to be in there and just to keep pushing. For sure. And... On the flip side of your activity, how has your eating evolved? Oh, man. That's been an evolution on its own. That's like Poke Pokeball, like Pokemon evolution. <laughs> I went from eating, you know, lots of junk. So for me, uh, it would be, let's say, for instance, like a, a day in the life of Lafa. Um, I would wake up in the morning and have a big old mug of chocolate milk. And then I will have two sandwiches, like just regular, regular white bread. And I will put, you know, like two slices of cheese, ham, and, you know, whatever I could find into it. Like sometimes, you know, uh, mayo, ketchup um, into the sandwich. Sometimes I will have the two sandwiches plus some eggs. Um, then for lunch, I would always like double up, sometimes triple up on a plate. And, you know, we're Brazilian, so we eat rice, beans, chicken, you know, meat, steak. So, and then I will have, you know, sometimes a snack. And that snack could be munching throughout the day, which would be like Oreos, sometimes soda. Um, and then at night, I would typically have either the same thing that I had for lunch or the same thing that I had for breakfast. So on a day-to-day -day basis, like I would really consume about, you know, like four or 5,000 calories, I'd say. Um, right about there. Um, and then on extra days, I would get up to like six, 7,000. I would always eat. I was always eat out too. Like if I was working like in a call center, oh man, uh, there's a Hardee's next door. There's a Wendy's next door. There's a pizza place. Um, that would always be lunch. Like it would always be junk and it would always be with a soda. And when I would be sitting at my desk, I would finish that soda and then buy another one. Uh, actually, I can even bring that back to high school. So even in high school, when I played sports, I would have breakfast at the house and then on the way to school, like I, I had a car at the time when I was my, my junior year, I would stop at a gas station right before school, buy the one liter of Mountain Dew, like the, not the one liter, but like the, the bigger, yeah, the one liter, like the big, the big bottle, but not so the, the large bottle. And then I would get to school and I would buy two bags of chocolate chip cookies. They used to have chocolate chip cookies. They used to have sugar cookies by Otis Spunkmeyer, freshly baked every morning. And that used to be my breakfast, like my second breakfast, in, you know, in high school. So my relationship with food has always been, you know, I would eat whatever was in front of me pretty much. Um, now, you know, I'm very, very mindful. Like my, one of the bonuses of my journey was I told myself that I was going to eat whatever I wanted, right? Which is one of the reasons why I didn't hire a coach. I have access to nutritional coach. My aunt's a nutritionist in Brazil. Uh, I have, you know, very close friends that are MDs. Um, that could kind of assist me with a program. I have coaches that are, you know, like uh, personal trainers, 
uh, everything, everything that I can bodybuilder friends and that are doctors that have actually prescribed me plans before. But because of the restriction, like I would always not follow through with it. Um, so when I started this journey, I made a promise to myself that I was going to eat whatever I wanted with moderation. So if I really wanted to go out and eat a pizza, I wasn't going to say no to it. I was going to go out and I was going to have one slice, two slices, maybe three, knowing that that wasn't going to hinder me from putting in progress the next day. Um, my, my normal day to day, like I'm very, very, you know, or, or health minded. So like I'll eat egg whites in the morning with some cheese and my coffee. And then for lunch, I'll do my grilled chicken, ground turkey, broccoli, cauliflower rice. Um, and then for dinner, you know, I'll usually do, I'll do three to four meals a day right now uh, instead of eating all day long. So I don't eat, drink soda as much. Like for me to drink soda, it has to be like a special occasion. Or if I have to be somewhere where, you know, I'm not drinking like a beer or a cocktail, then I'll go and I'll grab a soda. Uh, but I don't do it all the time. Oreos, like I'm very responsible with them now. Like I can buy Oreos at any time and leave them in the pantry and then just go to it and pick up, you know, two, three Oreos at a time, you know, and go pick up three Oreos today and then not eat anything tomorrow or the day after. And then I'll have a sweet, to sweet tooth and then go and pick up, you know, another two or three um, and not eat the whole box. Like a whole box of Oreos will last me, you know, uh, a week and a half uh, versus, you know, a full day. Um, so I'm very mindful of what I've been consuming, what I've been eating. Um, and I've been paying attention a lot more to like my health, uh, health, body, like my, my blood work numbers um, to kind of keep me on that right track. So, you know, I can live, you know, a longer time. So I'm very mindful of that. And I think you're you finding what worked for you food wise definitely speaks to your relationship with food, like your your relationship with food that you came through, like what you talked about, kind of just eating what was in front of you and circumstances and kind of access. And because it really wasn't like this secret binge eating, you know, that you were eating, doing because of a trauma or something along those lines, like your relationship with food, you're able to, to find that, that moderation point. And I think that's something, you know, that some people really want and can get to, and some people can't get to, but I, I like to talk to people that are doing different things because no one, no one way of, of, of eating is going to be the right thing for everyone. And like you said, like you had to find the one that was going to resonate for you with something you can keep doing. And if it's something you can keep doing, you know, that's the best thing, whatever it is, you know, at the end of the day. So I, I think it's good for people to, to hear, you know, that you, you know, you, for you, it's that mindful approach to food. And realizing, you know, why you're doing what you're doing and how it interacts with how you're going to be in the gym the next day and how it's going to make you feel and all of that, like, is really is really important and, and a real, you know, powerful piece. Like, I think your gym consistency and intensity is really, really important for people to hear. But I also think knowing, you know, that you said, you know, as much as people want to use different ways to frame it, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's that calories in, calories out that you have to find the right equation for yourself that's that's going to allow you to get that moving and it sounds like you've really been able to put that together so you you mentioned it kind of offhand but let people know like so where where are you at now in your journey so right now i i because of this whole coronavirus situation i've been kind of at a at a bed stop right i haven't really there's so many so much things to kind of stress about like i didn't want to be stressing about you know losing the weight um, so I've maintained my goal through this whole like pandemic situation was to kind of maintain where I was at, which was right 296, 298. Uh, sometimes I'll hit up to 301. This is something that I guess it's important to mention too. Um, the way that I kind of tackled my weight loss because I had a pretty steady way down on the weight loss. Like I've never uh, ever since the I started, I've never regained any weight. Um, you know, it was a steady, it was a steady drop down because the way that I looked at it was every time that I hit a new low weight, I give myself, a, you know, a quote unquote, a fluctuation window uh, that I can go up or I can go down. So let's say, you know, I'm at 296. So now I give myself all the way up to, you know, 306, like 305, 306 ish. So I give myself like a 10 pound window that I'm like, all right, cool. This is just a body kind of fluctuating up and down. Uh, until I reach a new low weight, then I'll bring that down a little bit. So that way, because a lot of the times I think people get stuck on the number on the scale and, you know, they see the new low number 
and they, they don't want to see the scale go back up, but the body kind of does its own thing. Like you can't really control it. You know, there are going to be days where you're going to retain more water. Uh, there are going to be days where you're going to hold on to that food a little bit longer and that scale is going to go up a little bit. And that's when I felt that like before I, I would get discouraged because I wouldn't see the scale go down. Uh, so it's a ver it's very, very important that you find a way to, to kind of track that and, you know, keep it from going over a certain number. Find whatever that number is for you. Like, don't go overboard and do like, okay, let me give myself a window of 20, 25 pounds because that's not going to work. But I I'm one that I have a pretty healthy relationship like with the scale. So like I try to weigh myself every day or every other day because I want to see which direction the weight is going. Um, so let's say I hit 296. I see the scale going up to like 301, 302. I'm like, all right, cool. Let me cut back on a couple of things and kind of readjust my training schedule a little bit so I can bring that the other way instead of going up past my window of, you know, of, of weight. Um, so that's something that, you know, I've been very mindful. So now I'm at, I'm hovering at a, like that 290, like high 290 range, uh, which, put, which puts me at 140 pounds lost total so far. Uh, I'm at like that 130, 138, like 138, 140. Um, every pound matters. So like, you know, 138, 140, that's right where I'm at right now. And just kind of trying, trying to maintain that, you know, throughout this quarantine. Now I started getting back into like a gym routine. My gym in the neighborhood opened. Uh, LA Fitness had opened. And then the cases, the cases over here kind of skyrocketed. The gym got packed. So I was like, you know what? Let me go back to doing what I used to do, you know, back in the days when I started, which is use the gym in, in my neighborhood that I'm at now. Um, so luckily they've opened kind of some funky hours, but, you know, I'll take what I can get right now. Uh, so I've been putting, I've been putting it, you know, back in work. Um, and then June happens to where, to where it's like, you know, the birthday month here in the, in the neighborhood, like in the house, you know, mom, dad, myself, my, my sister-in-law's mom. Then you got Father's Day, like everything is like back to back to back. So I've been pretty relaxed on, you know, on what I eat. That's another thing that I wanted to kind of mention too to people is like, don't beat yourself up if you have a birthday or if you enjoy yourself for, for a day. Um, because I, I think that there's a lot of people out there and it's something that I've noticed a lot in like the, the community is they beat themselves up or like they go to a barbecue or they go to a restaurant and they eat a piece of cake and all of a sudden like they're feeling terrible because they ate cake. No, like eat it. Like if you really want to do that, eat it. Like I'll go to a barbecue and I'll eat all day long. But I know, I know how my body's going to react the next day, and I'm going to still get to work on it. And I know that I might not lose 200 pounds in a year. I might not lose, you know, 200 pounds in, you know, in six months. But that, that, that's still going to work. That's still going to work in my favor because I'm staying consistent. I think that makes sense. And I think it goes in both directions, like beating ourselves up over food, whether it's because we're making a choice like to not partake in something or it is to partake in something gets us nowhere. Like it gets you nowhere. Like if you're, if you feel secure in your choice, there's nothing to beat yourself up about. I think that beating yourself up comes from realizing that you didn't really make peace with it. Like you, you made that choice. You made that choice out of something different than I just want to do this. You made it from, you know, whether it's a, a place of, some other emotion or something along those lines. But I think you're, I think you're right. Like, I think it's that idea that you can have that perspective and, and it allows you to continue to move forward and you don't use it as a reason to say, well, I screwed up. I might as well screw up for the next week. Exactly. Exactly. And like, I'll have people that, that will look at me and they're like, if I'm eating something that I'm quote unquote, not supposed to, or it's not, you know, like to help the diet, people are like, oh, should you be eating that? I was like, listen, like I've lost 140 pounds. I know what my body takes. Like, I know what it takes for me to lose and to not lose. Like, if I'm eating something, it's because I want to. So, like, don't worry about, you know, what I'm eating. Like, my mom does that to this day. Like, she's, she's a heavier set, um, and she refuses to work out, so, which is funny, because she's been through my entire, she's seen my entire journey, and she's talked about my entire journey throughout, you know, the time, and before, too, when I was bigger. Um, but sometimes, like, I would eat something a little bit extra, and she'd be like, oh, should you be eating that? I was like, mom, I know what I should be eating and what I shouldn't. So, like kind of, you know, let me, let me make my decisions. Um, when I go out, we go out, you know, have some pizza or like how a friends, a lot of the times people go in so strict and what everybody has to be mindful is not everybody has to be an, an athlete. Not everybody has to be a bodybuilder. So you don't have to eat, you know, chicken and lettuce 24 seven to, to be able to lose weight. Right. Um, that's, I call that like the, the bodybuilding diet. You know, if I if I do want to drop through a plateau, then I'll stick to it. 
But let's say, for instance, like if I want to drop into the next weight bracket lower and a friend of mine calls me, he's like, hey, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. Let's go grab some lunch. I'm not going to be like, hey, look, no, I can't, you know, go grab lunch because I got to eat this. No, I'll go out and I'll grab lunch. You know, I have no problem doing so because I know how my body reacts and I know what it takes to kind of just keep pushing. Um, so you just got to have that healthy relationship with food and you can't beat yourself up over, you know, going out to lunch with a friend. Just don't overdo it. Obviously, don't eat a thousand calories in a meal or, you know, 2000 calories in a meal when you don't have to. And so Lafo, knowing kind of where you're at, like what, what is coming next for you? Like what are the next goals you have in sight? So the next goal that I have in sight, so my next target target is 275. Um, as, as it is right now. So I'm two like two not high two nineties right now. I wear clothes, the size of, of clothes that I used to wear in high school, which I was a little bit smaller, which is crazy how the body kind of shaped to that. Like I, I'm wearing size 38, 40 pants. And back in high school, I used to have to shop at JC Penney and only buy South Pole because they were the only clothes that made like two X shirts at the time. And then like the, the pants, my shorts and, and pants were like a size 42, for like 40, 42, breaking into 44. So it's crazy how that, how that kind of works. Uh, but in terms of weight wise, um, my next target is 275. Then I'm gonna break it down to 249 to be under 250. So, and I wanna reach that before the end of the year. So after this, my, my birthday is the last birthday, which is June the 28th. Uh, then we have a birthday in September, so that's not, you know, as close together. Um, but after June, after, let's say July 1st, for instance, July, June 29, I'll, I'll say, I'm going to start making a push to get to 249 by the end of the year. You know, I started, I, I just became a realtor here in Central Florida. Um, so I'm going to be moving around quite a lot more to, to uh, you know, through the day. Uh, so that's going to help me do that. And... 250 by the end of the year. My ultimate, ultimate goal is 218. So my, my ultimate target is 218 because that puts me a half the, half the man I used to be. Um, you know, that, that's, that's the halfway point. That'll make me, that'll mean that I have lost 218 pounds and that'll put me at, you know, about 218. However, I will be a happy camper anything under 230. Anything under 230. I'll be a happy camper. So once I start reaching that 240 mark, like 240, 245, I'm going to start looking into like loose skin surgery because that's definitely one thing that I, I do want to do. Um, you know, like I, to me, like I, I don't, I'm not, let's, let me see how I can put this. Like, I don't care about the loose skin, but I do at the same time. Like I didn't, to me, I didn't put in all this work to, you know, to, to have flabby skin. Like I know that, Everybody, everybody's different and financial plays a lot with it. So I'm just hoping that, you know, by then I'll be able to be financially well to afford this, but I'm not going to kill myself over not being able to do it. Um, I, I'll be very, very mindful. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at now because I'm healthy. Uh, the loose skin comes in second. If I can remove it, great. I'll remove it. Uh, if I can't remove it, I'm just going to learn how to live with it and, and not bother. That's, you know, a journey on its own. So that's my, that's my ultimate goal. And just, and just being happy, man. Like that's the biggest goal in life. Um, you know, because this weight loss is so much more than just, you know, weight, the numbers and it, it messes with your head. Like it, it, mentally it puts you in, in such a better place. Like I'm, I'm a lot more confident. Uh, like when it comes to like talking to girls, talking to potential jobs and talking to clients, everything kind of just lines up with it. I carry myself differently, you know, if that makes sense. And, and I'm sure everybody, everybody's going to be a little bit different, uh, but I found that that's been huge, huge, huge for me. Um, so just living, living a healthy life and, you know, not going, not going, never going backwards. I made, I made a promise to myself that I would never, never go backwards because I like where I'm at now. Well, it sounds like you're, you're on track to crush those goals the rest of this year, man. And, one one of the other kind of facets of what you've been doing that I do want to touch on a little bit so they don't get mad is you <laughs> you mentioned your Instagram and you had a weight loss focused Instagram that was the Fit Don right that was that was it was the Fit Don um, and then you know I I have I had three Instagrams total so I had my personal personal which is just like close family friends 
um, that I used to kind of just keep it, keep it unlocked. It was a locked Instagram account that it was just, you know, for, for family and for close friends, like people that I had met in person. Um, then I had my professional one, which is Lafayette Brito, which is the one that I'm using now. And that one had a lot of my photography work that I would share, my automotive, cars. Um, and since I switched over to, to now I'm doing real estate, that's like my personal brand. So it's like Lafayette Brito is my, my personal journey. And that comes along because I started a YouTube channel. I'm starting a uh, YouTube. I started already. I just got to record more videos, um, which is going to be tied to the personal brand, Lafayette Brito. So I stopped using the Fitgon, uh just simply because it, it was just too much to try to kind of manage, you know, like three Instagrams, two Instagrams and posting the same thing or different things on each other. And then like people wouldn't follow me on both accounts. So like if I posted on one, I felt like I had to post it on the other so people wouldn't miss out on it. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where the journey started. And I, I started, I restarted that account. I've always had that account. If you go back to it, I've had it for a long, long time. And you will see like the different like weight changes that we talked about um, on it. But I made myself not post on that account until about three or four months into it. After I had lost, I think my first 40 pounds. Um, because I was like, you know what? Let me not start posting right from the beginning and then be a failure like the, like the last time that I, that I did this. Because I'll have people motivated, I'll have people watching, and then all of a sudden I'm just going to stop. So I was like, let me make sure that I'm fully invested into it this time before I started posting. And that's exactly what I did on that account. Well, there you go. And I, of course, I had to bring up the fit down because Boro would get mad. If <laughs> no, man. And what's cool, what's cool about Instagram is, you know, like Instagram puts people in your life that, you know, like they're, they're meant to be. Like I'm a big believer on everything happens for a reason and people come in and out of your life as they should. And, you know, Instagram has brought me to, you know, the brotherhood of bouncing bellies, you know, the, the, the gang with you, Poro, just everybody, uh, everybody that's there, everybody that, that helps each other out. Um, you know, it's people that are people that are meant to be there. They pick up your slack whenever you slack. Um, you know, I do it with others. Others do it with me, like whenever I'm slacking, whenever I'm not doing as much as I could and they know that I can. Um, so Instagram has been a huge, huge tool of, you know, helping me kind of stay afloat on, on motivation as well. Um, I have enough motivation to kind of keep pushing, but that little extra help, you know, definitely goes a long way. Certainly does, my friend. And it sounds like, you know, you've, you, <clears throat> what you've taken us through, like, really is this transformative journey you've been on. And, and I don't think anyone listening would, would doubt that, you know, those next, you know, pillars you've set for yourself to move towards are, are going to be achievable. And, what I, I just like hearing is, you know, how how realistic you are in, in everything that you approach and how you see everything as a challenge. And don't don't ever really take these moments that you're going through for granted, man. So I just think that's something that you should be proud of where you've been and, and excited for where you're going to go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I definitely am. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited for what's ahead, like knowing that, um, you know, th this whole journey kind of taught me that. There's no, the only limit that you have is the one that you put in, you know, put in yourself. Um, it, it's trained my mind to, to knowing that I can always give a little extra. Uh, and you, you'd be surprised at what you can do and what your body can do as long as you push it, as long as you try to meet that, that boundary. Um, and that's, that goes with everything, man. Like I'm 300 pounds and I can jump 24 inches off the ground. Like I can, I can clear a bench in the gym. You know, like I can, and people look at me and like, you know, what the hell, how the hell did you just do that? I was like, you can do it too, but you have to know your limits and you have to know how much you can push. You know, you know like people see that, you know, I'll, I'll run, I'll sprint 10 miles an hour on the treadmill and they'll look at me like I'm crazy. Like, how the hell did he just do that? And it, it's all a mind game. You just got to train your mind to kind of push that, that limit and you can achieve anything you want. And Lafa, if people listening to your, your story today want to find you know where they can go to to watch you know where you're going to push it to next what, clear it up what is the best <laughs> places for them to find you what is where should they go the, the best place for you to find me is going to be La, at lafayette brito on instagram and it's lafayette just like the french general and brito just like the artist so two t's on each one uh and with a y um on on youtube i'm starting to slowly kind of get into that so it's the official Lafayette Brito because Lafayette Brito was apparently taken or, or something along those lines, so I couldn't use it. 
Um, but yeah, they can look if, if you look, if you Google Lafayette Brito, like it's gonna show up a lot of stuff. So you're able to find me just because of my photography and, and things like that. It'll always direct you back to, you know, to my page. Well, there you go, man. And I will obviously make sure that the show notes for today's episode have your full links in there so people can track you down. And Lafa, you, we, we've, we've had a great talk today, but you know there's more coming. Are you ready for the Fat Guy 5? I am ready. Okay, so Lafa, Lafayette. <laughs> Listen, living when, when or somebody dead. Calls me, when somebody calls me Lafayette, when somebody calls me Lafayette, it's usually because I'm in trouble. I was going to say, well, you, you, you might be, depending on how these questions go. Oh, man. Question, question number one. Tell us, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Who's my favorite fat guy? Man, if, if I say myself, would it be too cliche? I don't, I don't think so. I, I would say myself. Uh, I would be my favorite fat guy just because of the fact that, you know, it, my myself like I, I showed myself what it can be done like wh how i can approach life being you know the fat guy and being where i'm at now so not to sound not to sound conceited because that's not what i that's not what it means to sound but i'd say that i'm my favorite my favorite fat guy well i i think that's a good lesson i think everyone needs to be their own favorite before they can actually before you put anybody you know, else get those, yeah before they and also before they can you know make any real change happen so that For that sure. sounds great man question number two then since since you're your favorite fat guy, ask yourself this. Tell us what is one lesson being a fat guy has taught you? That you can do anything you set your mind to it. You can do anything you set your mind to it. Um it, it, it's a it's a mental it's a mental game. Um so that's what it's taught me. There we go. I like it, man. Question number three, Lafa, what is one piece of advice you would go back in time and give your past self? Start sooner. Start, start sooner because, you know, life, we only have one life to live. And, you know, the, the longer you push, a lot of the times people wait until they get to a certain point where they're like near a deathbed. And there's so much more to life once you realize, you know, your potential. Um, so if I could go back in time and tell myself, you know, I would tell myself to start sooner and stay consistent. Great advice. Question number four, Lafa, tell us what is something about yourself that you love? My personality, I'm, I'm very easy, like easy, easy going, uh, easy to approach. Um, and I'm, I'm a pretty friendly individual. There we go. And last question of the day, my friend. Ooh. Tell us, Lafa, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? That is not in the next year. So if we start the year now, so I, this this is something this is something that I listened to in, in another not a podcast but like a Facebook live was our mind is so conditioned to setting goals year by year from like January to December. Um, instead, we should kind of restructure that and set goals from like your birthday to your next birthday. So I'm doing that this year. And my, my biggest goal that I have, as, as I mentioned, you know, I just started my real estate career after photographing real estate for seven and a half years. Um, so my biggest goal for my 34th birthday is to land on the top 30 list, top 35, under 35 list for real estate in Orlando, Florida. There we go, man. You spoke it into existence, so now we're going to see it happen. I'm, I'm excited for you. I have, I have no doubt you've got the drive to, to make anything happen. Appreciate it, man. And I appreciate the opportunity to be here and, and share, you know, the story. And I appreciate you, too, you know, for, for being a friend. So, Well, I appreciate your, your openness and your willingness to share it with us today, man, and, and appreciate the heck out of you, of course. Um, so, Lafa, just, just a huge thank you for, for joining the podcast today. I'm looking forward to everyone getting to hear this this story uh, because I, I think it'll be something that gets a lot of people moving. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate that. I can't wait. There we go. And everyone else out there, if you want to connect with me, you can find me, of course, on Instagram as well at Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can find me on Twitter at Gourmet goes keto. You can email the show at the fat guy forum at gmail.com. Or if you are interested in working with 
a ketogenic coach who is going to work with you on your mindset and your goals and, and get you into your journey, you can find me at theketoroad.com slash coach dash Mike. There you go, y'all. Today's another day. Get out there. Do something to amaze yourself because you, my friends, are the most amazing people I know. And then come on back and join us on the Fat Guy Forum. <laughs>